On today's episode of Mori, we have Pilbis Carlisle and his wife, Carmen Carlisle. <laughs> Together, they have an aubergine-headed son named Merlin. <laughs> Pilbis swears that Merlin isn't his. <laughs> Carmen thinks Merlin's lemon head came from one place. Pilbis's balls. We have baby Merlin waiting in the back right now. All right, the results are in. On episode 36, 24 karat gold of What the Fumble, the father of baby Merlin is... Van Richten? Episode 36, huh? They're left on a little bit of a, a bit of sad note. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is, is it, I don't know if it's sad. You certainly learned a lot last time, that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Just been staring at work, just thinking about everything, and just ignoring half the people around me and going, oh, right, I have a job to do. Shoot. What, where did Merlin come from? How are Merlins made? <laughs> yeah. I guess Van Richten just delivers babies everywhere he goes. One of his one of his many specialty skills. How would that have hurt the mom if he was a breech baby? Oh. Ooh. Can you, you're gonna have to but explain like, that one to me. What's a breached? You say breached? Breech. You go legs first, and then the lemon head's still up inside. <laughs> that's bre- like oh, a SWAT team yeah, when it kicks in a door that's how Merlin came into the world baby. <laughs> the, the SAS repels down the hospital <laughs> bashes in a window <laughs> bashes in his mother <laughs> oh my lord that's why Lamon had to kidnap Merlin they call it a snatch and grab Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I'm glad we were not sad anymore. <laughs> there goes the sad tone. <laughs> now, oh, man. You can only make it for so far. You know that. It was a pretty uh, pretty revealing little story that Lamon told you, though. Yeah. I kind of said in the end, sure, probably answered a lot of things. You were probably able to. Think on that and, you know, put two and two together here and there. But I'm sure it's left you with a lot of questions, maybe even more than you had before. So I think we'll get right back into it. There you guys are in Amelia Wigglebrick's cozy little home with her carrot garden out there outside. She's prepared some tea for you. Everyone's kind of you know, gathered around listening to Lambin's story. Amelia is kind of sitting there, cross-legged on the floor, looking up at Lambin in awe. Van Richten's maybe in a, a chair by the fireplace, maybe even fell asleep with a, a bit of a smile on his face as, you know, some of the words that Lambin just said maybe you know, he recognized them for a moment before forgot he forget uh before forgetting them again, but Van Richten kinda takes a cozy little nap by the fireplace. And the rest of you have just been kinda listening to Lamon's story. And when he's all done, he lets out a pretty long sigh. As many years I have lived in that fear that Van Richten and Simon had died in that fight, I feared that my presence could have made a difference. He kind of looks in Tess's direction and says, I can see by the look on your face that Simon is not here, though you do not need to say the words out loud. 
Where did this happen? He made it home to me. He... He did not die in the domains. And... I'm sorry. I know... I know he probably made the right decision, but... It's a little fresh. He nods in understanding. As I'm sure... It will remain so for quite some time. But know that you have brought some joy to me with your news to Santius. Thank you, Lamin. Um, honestly, uh, I never thought that I would hear anything more about Simon once he was gone and to meet someone like you who who knew him. While he was in the mists, it it means it means so much. I would. What was he like? He rubs your shoulder a bit. He was as great a fighter as I have ever met, and there will be many nights to tell of these stories. Kind of looks towards Merlin, though. There is nobody who deserves a life quite as unlucky as yours. When I first met Van Richten, he was studying a prophecy. A long time ago, it was foretold that someday a horrible event would happen here in the Domains of Dread. The prophecies refer to this time as the Hour of Ascension. There are many theories about what exactly will happen during this time. Some believe thousands of innocent souls will die. Others say a new Dark Lord will be born, one with more power and more evil flowing through its soul than all others combined, a power so great the mists would struggle to contain it. Others say the foundation of the mists themselves could be threatened, that great evils could be released from their prisons here, escape into the mists. Kind of sighs while looking at Merlin, as in truth, none know what the hour of ascension will bring to these domains. But the prophecies that Van Richten studied spoke of a bloodline, an ancient bloodline that would rise up during the hour of ascension, wielding power to ensure that the forces of evil are not victorious. But again, none know which bloodline the prophecy refers to. Many believe the Shadowborn bloodline is the one referred to in the prophecies. Others think it could be an old Vistani bloodline, perhaps even Van Richten's bloodline. Many bloodlines are ancient, though. Kind of looks towards Tess and Lenara. In a sense, all elvish bloodlines are ancient. My point is it could be many different bloodlines that this prophecy speaks of. And as a result, the forces of evil that work against us have hunted these ancient bloodlines for decades now. Merlin just pounds back like a shot and uh, kind of like glances over at Lamin. So, so that's why they attacked my family. He nods and says, though I do not know for sure. Yes, yes. likely so. The Shadowborn bloodline that you were born into there are many other descendants, but when forces started hunting your bloodline, it was decided the best course of action was to hide some of you, to separate you. I do not know all the details. Van Richten led the charge. Slash so interjects and says, So where would we find 
perhaps more of Van Richten's writings surrounding these prophecies, surrounding the Hour of Ascension and the details therein. The easiest would be to speak with him if he was not in such a condition. That man's mind holds very important knowledge. Even to me, he was guarded with much of the information he claimed more than once that sometimes here in this place simply holding the knowledge can be dangerous. Well, if we're going to go and uh, get the information from Van Richten and uh, get more information about this Hour of Ascension, guess we're on the hunt for some diamond dust. Um, and that might require traveling. And on that note, I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware. I mean, we got here, but I, I seem to have inherited probably from you, the fact that I, too, am also a mist-traveler. I can see the talismans. Um, apparently, from what we've been told, we have three within our possession. I'm aware of two of them, but I don't know the third. I was wondering, would you be able to maybe figure out what that third one is? He takes a moment to, you know, pauses to look at you quite some time. This is how long... Were you here before this power came to be? Uh, well, we came here, we were on a ship called the Blue Dolphin, then there was an awful storm, we got here, in this middle of the ocean, we got picked up by a ship called the Mercy, and then we got taken to the domain of Dominia, and we stayed in an asylum there by, that was led by um, Dr. Heinfroth, we stayed there for about Three days, we were on the ship for, I think, maybe a couple. I think it may have been about a week's time, probably, close to. And on the way us, of us escaping, I noticed that the rosary was glowing in my face in in the morning. And Erasmus, of all people, who we also ran into, and who seems to have... Tess will glance over immediately and make sure that Van Richten is actually asleep. He's still kind of snoozing in his chair. Uh, and she'll see, shoot a sharp look at Lustra. Thank you. Uh, we had some help from uh, someone who doesn't want to be mentioned and had pointed out to us that these, in fact, were mistalismans and that apparently this is your rosary. And I'm wondering, is your rosary on your horn mine? And when did you make the switch, if at all? Or maybe you can maybe answer some of those questions, possibly? Because I don't recall ever going to Darkon, and and I don't know why that the, this talisman has an anchor point to Darkon. Because I've never been there, and I thought this was always in my possession. He looks over at to make sure Van Richten's sleeping, much like Tess just did, and he smiles, and I suspected as much. If you have traveled with Van Richten and helped him in any way, then. I know who else you have met. And he kind of looks around at the empty room around him. So I know you listen, my clever friend. Worry not. I did not forget about you. And Lamon pulls out this, like, one foot by one foot object that's wrapped in old leathers. And he unfolds the leather to reveal the stained board of dark oak. And let me show you guys this right quick, and I'll let you describe what you see. Oh, shit, does Lemon have a Ouija board? <laughs> a Luigi board. He certainly does. <gasps> oh! We're going to have a teenage girl seance, oh, yes. Oh, I could talk to my dead parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, uh... Way better than anything you would get at the fair. <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks a little bit more ornate. It's got oh man, it's got a star, a couple of daggers. I think it's uh, the Darkon version of Lucky Charms. Are those <laughs> ravens? It's yeah. like yeah, yeah. four ravens around the sides. You've got your A through M across the top and N through Z across the bottom. A farewell, a greetings, a yes, a no, and some various symbols in the middle with like an I and a cross and a star and a crown. It's uh, got a candle on the bottom with some books. Like, this looks 
really, really nice. And then it's, you know, still embroidered with almost like roses on a vine kind of thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fancy it's a Ravenloft version of a Ouija board. And Elamin says kind of silently into the empty spaces of the room, it is good to be in your presence again. And pulls out like just like one of those. Is it called a marker that you use with a Ouija board? Like the thing that moves, right? The thing that everyone puts their yeah, hands yeah, yeah. on. I don't know what the technical term is, but he places one of those on the wooden board. And sure enough, it moves over to the word greetings on the board. <gasps> so the board has, you know, full alphabet, all the numbers, yes, no, greetings, farewell, all your typical kind of Ouija board symbols. And it goes right to greetings as Erasmus seems to greet you in the room. Hmm. Oh, man, wait. There are symbols underneath the numbers, and I'm probably super paranoid. But there is a crown, and right underneath it, there is an eye in the middle of a sun. And, like, weren't there, wasn't there, like, a crown with an eye that was, like, the cult that killed Merlin's parents? Like, that's got to be a coincidence, right? I'm pretty sure every everything that's ever so slightly a cult needs an eyeball in order. It's, it's like their copyright symbol. It's true. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I think that would... A lemon head naughty. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit that out. I don't want to get assassinated. Um, didn't that one have like a silver sword and chalice or something like that? Uh, that was the symbol of Ezra, okay. I think. Get, getting all my iconographies yeah. messed up. You know what? I think I'm missing the point here. We can talk to Erasmus. Exactly, and I feel like the most pertinent information that maybe Erasmus might have for us is maybe these guys who were, that we saw in the vision for Merlin, on maybe does he know anything about that group of people? Yeah, you guys can ask uh, whatever questions you want. Lamin, Erasmus now with this spirit board can be contacted. Maybe even little Amelia Wigglebrick has answers to a few of your questions. You never know. Do not doubt little Amelia Wigglebrick. Oh, I would uh, never doubt her. Did I? Well, you asked a few questions of your dad before. Yes. He probably felt like uh, like enough time had passed. It would be rude of him not to stop and say hi to Erasmus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, what else did you ask him? Uh, basically, I had asked about, you know... The rosary switch, mainly. Like, I thought my rosary was mine and his was his, but apparently I have his. I don't know when that switch happened. And I'm wondering why he gave me his rosary without my knowledge. This is when we traveled to transport young Merlin through the mists. Our goal was to reach the material plane, so to protect members of the Shadowborn bloodline, to spread them out. The only way to reach the material plane through the mists is to simply give yourself to them and hope for the best. So, like, mechanically, if you remember when I said if you enter Dominia, or if you try to leave Dominia without a mist talisman, if you just go into the mist and hope for the best, that there was... that we're rolling a D100, you have to do the travel time but then when we roll the d100 there's like a super super low chance that you actually get anywhere but dominion again right so that's what they did that's what Lamin and van richten and simon did uh in that little story he told you they he says that is what we did i took my rosary and all other mist talismans and I placed them in a bag of holding, and we entered the mists. We put our fate in the hands of the gods, and we traveled weeks. Remember in the vision, like, Van Richten was yelling at him, saying, like, if this takes months, this is what we do. This is the only way. We were there for, like, eight hours. Yeah. Your dad's a badass. Yeah. (laughs) But they kept getting... Mechanically, they would have kept getting spit back out, right? So it was basically weeks and weeks of them going in, rolling on travel time, getting through that travel time, and then in the end getting spit right back out and having to start all over again. 
over and over and over and over again for weeks till essentially they rolled the right number on the D100. They're playing it roguelike style. <laughs> Jeez. And that is what they did. So that's that's what he tells you. Says it was the only way to reach the material plane that we knew of. And so I put all in a bag of holding. Did you happen in all of your time traveling the mist run into someone called the Madame Lysenia and her compatriot Rafa, a very large silent man? Shakes his head no. The mists are plagued with many Vistani. They're they're not uncommon in mm. these places, in these domains. It does not surprise me that you have met one already. Well, in my in our short time in those mists, she did mention that we had three mist talismans. I am aware of two of them. I was wondering you're probably a lot better at this mistravel stuff than I am. Is there any way for you to find out what that third one is? And I know that the, and I point to my point to the rosary that I have. I know that this is one. I hollowed a necklace with an urn. I know that this is one, but apparently there's a third. Again, he nods. She probably shakes his head. No. And you say it when you tell him that he's better than you are, he shakes his head. Says, if you have only been here for a week and already see these things, my son, and just kind of smiles as I was here, I believe, two, three years before I could do such things. But yes, I can also do such things. And if you kind of spread out, you know, if you take, you guys are going to do that thing where you put all your gear on the, the ground and take your known talismans and go to the edge of the room. Is that what, what you want him to do? He's happy to use his ability. He has it ready if you want him to use it. Yeah, I think so. So we're going to take my rosary and the one with the urn that we know are talismans. I'm just going to walk to the far end of the room and we'll take the rest of our uh, trinkets among others and belongings and place it next to Lamin and be like, if you want to try. Yep. He uses his same ability as you and very quickly points to one of the vials of spinal fluid and says that it is a mist talisman likely to the domain of dominia oh goody we can go back well i mean if merlin needs a top up (laughs) (laughs) on brain juice (laughs) spinal fluid does it well what's the percentage like percentage Oh my lord! But if you guys remember, you got the urn, uh, the, the urn on a chain, and the spinal fluid, both from adolescent Colin. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So he had a talisman to go to Darkon and a talisman to come back home. So we get double Darkon. Hmm. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I can't think of anything else other than we need to get Diamond Dust and help Van Richten, and I think things open up to us from there. Uh, like, I, well, I, I need to know. I need to know a little more about my mom before we leave. You must know, Lamin, something about Ezra, my mom, anything. I met your parents briefly. Yes, when we arrived in the material plane, I had instructions to travel to Baldur's Gate and deliver you to the Carlisle family. Which is what I did. Unfortunately, I did not get to know them very well. I feared that perhaps I had been followed. So I did as instructed. I was told to trust them, and I did, and put you in their care. From there, I traveled back home. There were times over the years where I thought of checking back on you. But when I finally did, the Carlisles were but a name in Baldur's Gate. The business had been moved away. It seemed as if they had gone to great means to hide you indeed. Not even I could find you. Well, I'll have you know it it didn't work. They were found. And now they're gone. I am very sorry for that. There are many who sacrificed much to give you a life outside of this place. 
so that the Shadowborn bloodline could continue on, live on, protected. None of this was our intention. Do you happen to have any talismans that might take us to Mordent by chance? Booster immediately, like, jumps into the mists. Great <laughs> He nods and out of his bags pulls out a broken bracelet. The clasp on it is bent and it's a broken bracelet, broken piece of jewelry. This will take us to Mordent. I guess before using that weird ability of his, he would have tossed this to me. Like, for no reason, I need you to bring this to the other side of the room right quick. So your dad's fine with shoving stuff into a bag of holding. Why aren't you? Just... It, it, growing up, okay, I was, told, I was told stories, and I happen to believe in those stories sometimes, maybe more than others. Just... Leave me alone, okay? This, this is this is what I find intriguing, Lustra. You're scared of Salash's purse, and yet you're mad at your dad for not telling you about the domains of dread. There's so much more to fear here, but a fairy tale with a practical item has you in fear. I must agree, it is quite I, bizarre. I just think you owe the old man an apology. I think you should give him another hug. <laughs> Yes, Lustra, I'm not sure why uh, it's got you all tied up in knots. She just makes <laughs> eye contact with Slash. <laughs> Slash sort of just shivers a little bit and grimaces in the general direction of Tess. But taking the moment talking about Lustra, uh, Slash turns to Lamin. I understand that first impressions, as I have discovered, are extraordinarily important. And I feel like it is important for you to know... Lamon, that your son is quite frankly insane. He thought himself friends with a kind of night horror within the mists, and I know my place, or at least, and then he looks over at Tess, at least I know my place now in this group, <laughs> yet your son considers us all Venari. I know I am not a fool, Lamon. I am not somebody who deserves this name, but I do know that your clansmen and your kind are interested in trades. So perhaps for making up for a poor first impression in this group, what would be an acceptable trade for you so that I might gain not just your own trust? And then he gestures broadly to everyone, but to everyone's. I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well. So I have never been to Dominia myself, but I have heard of this place, of this Dr. Heinfroth. I know of few people who leave that place uh, the same way that they arrived. I have no doubt that Heinfroth has done something horrible to Dr. Van Richten's mind, but I also have no doubt some of you must also suffer from these things. He experimented on us. Like it was a game for him, telling us that he would make us better, that he would cure us with treatment. You are lucky to have all made it out alive, but I have no question in my mind that you too will all require diamond dusts and the efforts of young Mrs. Wigglebrick here. It is not only Van Richten whose mind will have to be fixed if we are going to survive this place. That is true, but he was there for weeks, if not months. I don't know I don't know if any of us know but how long he was there, but someone from another domain sent him there to be changed into whatever he is now. Uh he nods as if I have no doubt that whatever is happening here, Van Richten's mind will hold answers if we can fix it. Does not surprise me that he is such a target. It took not but hours after I had arrived here in Darkon to realize that well, it seems as if the Kargat, the Kargatane, they all focus their efforts on finding him. His name is whispered among dark circles. Will he be safe here? As we will need 
more materials for all of us to be fully healed. And in the meantime, yes, as safe as anywhere, this man is very important. And as much as I would love to help you out in the streets, I will not allow Van Richten to be left without Venari in the room. Until he is healed, either myself or Lustra must remain at his side. Dibs on Lamin. <laughs> <laughs> Make for a really awkward few episodes. <laughs> just have David go get us beers. <laughs> Guys, are you back yet? Yeah, we just do cutaways to Lustra learning to garden carrots. <laughs> <laughs> Be it like your glasses are on the carrots. <laughs> you guys come back. Do you require beers? <laughs> um, you can see Slash get somewhat agitated at the concept of Van Richten being hunted. What is it about Van Richten that he is sought after that could not simply be found in a book? I, I do not understand. Is it something about his person that is powerful, or is it? Something else. I, I cannot fathom the that somebody has traveled across domains and is hunted so aggressively. Van Richten is different than anyone else I have met. He is not one to hide from evil. He always faces it directly. As long as Van Richten lives, every ounce of his body, every bit of his mind will be dedicated to solving this problem. I don't know exactly what it is that he has already discovered, but Van Richten's name is well known in the domains. He has made enemies with many dark lords. They want him out of the way, quite frankly. For the same reasons they want the Shadowborn bloodline out of the way. They want all obstacles out of the way for when the hour of ascension comes. It would seem he has made more allies than enemies, though. His eyes narrow towards Van Richten, and he sort of shakes his head. Regardless, it is very apparent that what he knows is important. Something that clearly cannot just be learned in a book. Why not just kill him? He was captured. By, by at least one lord of a domain and sent to another. Why would they want him alive and prepared and sent somewhere else? Oh, good. I thought you were suggesting kill him for a second. I thought oh. you'd turned. Oh, yes. Uh, well, I mean, he doesn't need both of his arms. He, like, <laughs> fingers the, uh, the bone saw. Slash sort of grabs at his shoulder instinctively. <laughs> that does raise a fantastic point. Um, but you see... Uh, Let's call him Bob, because it's very close on the spirit board. Uh, Bob is still giving information from beyond the grave. And uh, perhaps he's more powerful in death than he is in life. I This is a lot, and it's probably a leap, but there's no one else who has been more steeped in the domains than Van Richten himself. As I have said, he has made many enemies... His death would bring with it bragging rights, quite frankly. For him to die at the hands of a petty street criminal, I am sure there are many dark lords out there who would not like to see that happen. They would prefer to do it themselves. What you describe of Dominia does not surprise me if this Dr. Heinfroth has broken his mind under some contract. I imagine that he was not paid a very large sum. I imagine that in his opinion, the honor of being the one to destroy Van Richten's mind, those are much better bragging rights in these places than gold. Actually, uh, what were those letters that we need to figure out? Uh, BM, was it, on those letters? And MR. Do those initials mean anything to you, by chance? He thinks deep on it for a few minutes. Shakes his head no. Well, I think, we, I think our first step is 
to get some diamond dust. And uh, Amelia, you said there was some a diamond mine, diamond mine nearby or near Rivalis or. Meanwhile, she's like working at Stiletto's diamond. Sorry, Lenara's <laughs> diamond with like a little mortar and pestle. Uh, a little Amelia wiggle brick. She lights up in delight when her name gets mentioned. Like, oh, good. It's my turn. <laughs> this voice her. now. <laughs> she is, she kind of stopped and was very in awe at Landon's story. Like she's been listening very intently to everything you guys have been saying. She's probably pretty proud that this is all happening in her little living room. When you bring her name back up though, she kind of, and it comes back to back to reality. Eyes go wide. Just go. Like, oh, you're right. I. Oh my goodness! I didn't even. I didn't even check to make sure I have everything else. Uh I should probably go. Just a minute. And she like gets up and she she runs off like into her kitchen and she's like throwing pots and pans around. She's pulling stuff out of her pouch. Because I forgot to tell you. Well, we got to make faith. It was this potion we're making. It's Van Richten's special recipe. He taught it to me a long time ago. And he said he came up with it using something he called the scientific method. I don't know. It's really neat, <laughs> complicated stuff. But I would never forget the ingredients. It's 100 gold worth of diamond dust. One cup carrot juice. Good. Three tears of joy. And she, like, shuffles around in her little apron, pulls out this little vial. She's like, these are from when my nephew Tomlin came to visit from Rivalis years ago. Aww. I hadn't seen him in years. She says that very matter-of-factly and puts the tears back in her apron pocket. And then she remembers something. She's like, oh, I need help from somebody. And she's, like, rummaging around, pulls out an empty, just like an empty glass jar with a lid, like an empty mason jar. She's like, I need help. Lenara volunteers. She shoves this mason jar into your hand. Okay. Says, come on. Okay, okay, right. runs out into the garden. Uh I follow. Her carrot garden. Mm -hmm. And she goes over to this one carrot, like, pretty nice. It's the biggest of the carrots in the garden. It's an impressive, you can tell it's going to be a prize carrot. (laughs) It's a nice carrot. And she looks at it with a sad look on her face. This carrot. <laughs> and she says, I know. I know it's not time. Oh, and then she looks at you and she says, oh, wait, wait. When I nod, that's okay. the signal. All right. <laughs> when I nod, you open the jar, you swoosh it through the air, and then you put the lid on it. You got it? All right. Okay. Just wait. <laughs> and she looks back at her carrot. So I know it's not time to harvest yet. You still had at least two good weeks of growing in you. I usually don't even name my carrots, but you are going to be quite the prize carrot, Matilda. It's been really great, and I'm very, very sorry. Goodbye, Matilda the carrot. What is going on? And she rips this carrot out of the ground, and then she not. She starts nodding uh, at whoosh. you. She's like, get it, get it, get it. Uh, she takes this big crunchy bite out of the carrot and looks at the jar Kind of inspects it. Like, there we go. One heartfelt goodbye. Check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she goes, mm-hmm. and two tablespoons of sugar. Celash starts taking notes like, what is this ritual? <laughs> it's for a potion of greater restoration. Van Richten came up with a recipe himself. Oh, my God. Now all we need is... Let's see, one tablespoon spuma v spuma v spuma vitae. And she like runs over to the kitchen cupboards again. Pulls out like this jar full of like this greenish powder on the inside. She says, This is green powder stuff. It's all dried up. Van Richten gave me the jar a really long time ago. And she opens it up and she kind of has to like tap the side of the jar, you know, to make all the. It doesn't look like there's much spuma vitae in there. And she gets this very worried look on her face. Uh oh. I don't know if I have enough to make the potion. 
We might need more. Well, what is it? Where does it come from? Mm. Lamin can actually probably answer better than her on that. He tells you that this spuma vitae is basically an algae. It's like pond scum almost. But it has a very high restorative property. Some people even think uh, it has anti-aging properties in it. It can be found floating on like stagnant pools of water around Darkon, the forests and rivers of Darkon throughout the land. Uh, it's not that uncommon, but it is very dangerous if you consume like a bad batch or oh. you consume a little too much. There is a chance that it, uh, like the algae, will settle inside your body and you'll randomly turn into a shambling mound full of like vines and tendrils and then oh. you'll eat your family and be a really good time. Great. So there's a small chance that happens. <laughs> small. But if it doesn't, it's like an anti-aging cream. Well, that's, what, that's oh, what the sugar beautiful. is for. The sugar makes you sweet so you don't kill your family. <laughs> right. Beauty is pain. You got to balance these things out. You know, weigh your options. And- Man. Well, I am almost 75. That's very old for an elf. Yes. <laughs> So unfortunate, it kind of sounds like she doesn't have, even though she got all the other ingredients together for you, she doesn't have enough of this spuma vitae to make this potion. Amelia Wigglebrick, you know, Van Richten taught her a few tricks back in the day, but to like cast Greater Restoration, that was like ninth level spellcaster yeah, stuff, which she is not. Okay. But she can make a hell of a potion. Because she's been taught by one of the best. Hmm. And he made it a point to give her this recipe back in the day. So he, she can make this potion, but she needs all the ingredients. How far has she gotten up my diamond then? That was definitely my next point. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no. Is that at, you know, at the time, I didn't want to... Well, I just like the thought of you being willing to sacrifice it so quickly and so willingly that I didn't want to stop you. Uh, but yeah, she hasn't made much progress and can kind of hand it back to you. She's like, ah, you can hold on to it till you find the other ingredients if you want. But you definitely take inspiration now because I like, I definitely love the flavor of you being so, you just jumped right on it. You're like, here, here's my abilities uh, to cast powerful spells. That's I everything that I can to save Van Richten. Uh, I already I have know. inspiration, so I will well, just draw true. a little heart by it. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, it's only a 49 gold diamond now. I did manage to get a bit of dust. You you need 50 for the spell. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely still do your spell thing. Uh, she catches it on time. But I didn't want to stop you in the moment because it was pretty... I really liked that flavor. Uh, but let's retcon, give you inspiration, give me, and give you your ring back too before <laughs> she go. completely cool. obliterates it. I was thinking about it. I was like, how long would it take to actually grind down a diamond into dust? I feel like it's probably... a it's got to be a hard thing to do. But anyway, you've got your ring back for now. If I, if I find an extra diamond, uh, we'll go and give it a shot and see how well it goes. Okay, so now that we need that we, some spuma vitae, we need some diamond dust. Is there anything else on the grocery list that I feel like this is kind of... I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think we can all agree that getting the necessary materials to get us all right, Van Richten and ourselves, is probably top priority. We have been seen traveling with Van Richten. This place, anyone could be Kargatain. Anyone could be Kargat. We should not be seen outside of this house. I, I, I don't feel like we should leave looking the way we are. Lamin is particularly good at evading uh, tales. Uh, perhaps he can get us new disguises and looks. And I guess Amelia, she... Is resident here. Oh, you need, like, clothes? I have lots of clothes. <laughs> uh, yeah, preferably... Do you need haircuts? She, like, pulls scissors out of her <laughs> What do you need? Well, put those away. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, less poofy shirts is what we need. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> No, slash, more poofy shirts. Slash sort of, you know, he like, pulls at the collar of his own poofy shirt, and he looks at you, and his eyebrows furrow, and he's just like... But I like this poofy shirt. (laughs) 
Okay, but you don't like it more than I like mine, all right? So you're going to have to get a different one. <laughs> oh, Can't yeah. all be wearing the same poofy shirt. I like not getting shot at in the streets. You know? Yeah, so a means to travel inconspicuously is probably up there in our to-do list. So, yeah, Amelia, if, if we're not asking too much, if you do happen to have any clothes for us so that we could travel without, you know, being instantly noticed? Yeah, of course. I'll do everything I can to put something together tonight while we all sleep. Or while you all sleep. I'll be busy making new wardrobes. <laughs> I can help. Okay. girls night doing makeovers for everyone in their sleep definitely not drawing on Salash's face it'll be great (laughs) okay so just to you know get our our affairs in order we're gonna stay the night here while Tess and Amelia make clothes for us so that we can maybe probably try to go out, get some spuma vitae, find some diamond dust. Is there anything else we need to find, Amelia, that you're shy on? It's just a whole lot of diamond dust if you if Flamin thinks all of you are gonna need healing. Like I can't do it all by myself. I have to make this fancy potion that Van Richten taught me to do, but if we can fix Van Richten, I bet he can do it with just diamond dust. Hmm. Well, I feel just fine as I take down another dose. You smell like booze. (laughs) (laughs) You're damn right. (laughs) You drank that bottle of wine really quick. Uh, It was tasty. (laughs) So you're cool for carrot juice, sugar, uh, tears tears of joy, all that stuff. She holds up her little vial with the tears of joy and just, check. I am holding the like heartfelt goodbye jar. Like if anybody's ever passed you your bit their baby and you don't want to hold it, just that awkward like <laughs> I don't want to drop this. What's going on? <laughs> Bottled heartfelt goodbye <laughs> to a carrot. It's, it's precious and I don't know what to do with it. I'm really gonna miss Matilda, but I don't give a shit about those other carrots. I'll juice them up tonight. <laughs> Dear God, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Slash nods approvingly pragmatic okay um, uh, oh my god Looster sits down and just this is a lot to take in it is a lot <laughs> to take in and we've only scratched the surface yeah uh, so if Van Richten was commissioned to be have his mind broken I mean do you know anything do you, Amelia or father do you happen to know anything about Aslan Rex and maybe what he wants of Van Richten and what they might have any connection to Heinfroth or how they may communicate because didn't we end up reading some books like the mists were somehow intertwining with each other with the different domains and they're not keeping separate and they're actually melding I'm very because Darkon's breaking apart thus these shrouds I believe yes I think you you mentioned Van Richten called it a fractioning yes uh, and the road uh, to where was she from? Rivulus. Rivulus, yeah. The, the road to Rivulus. I believe that's been the main road has been blocked off by one of these. Uh, Lamon, do you know what is causing this fracture, fracturing? And or if these uh, shrouds can be quickly walked through, like a quick jaunt through the mists, or will we? disappear and perhaps go to another domain it kind of shrugs i am not sure what entering this shroud will lead to as far as what Azulin rex's role in this is that i do not know of this fractioning i do not know these are things i was not aware of until the mists decided to bring me back here but in what little time I have spent here, rumors in the streets and the taverns are that Azalin Rex has abandoned his people. Some say he is gone, some say he is dead. No one knows for sure, but no one has heard from the king in quite some time. But I would assume that he knows something, and again, he... All eyes kind of turned to the fractured Van Richten. Hmm. It would not surprise me 
If this all started because he discovered something he was not supposed to discover. Slash shifts uncomfortably for a second. Let's strip Van Richten and look for tattoos. <laughs> it would seem that that is something that perhaps Van Richten and I share in common. However, it seems that Aslan Rex still has many a people that speak his name proudly. Some that would see us captured and before being captured themselves, bit into these pills, and he demonstrates the, the poison tooth and would say, long live Aslan Rex. It would seem that these Cargatane are still very loyal to an Aslan Rex. This suggests to me that he is perhaps still very much alive, or at least pulling some kind of string from behind a curtain. Perhaps. I do find this detail disturbing, though. My experience with the Cargat and the Cargatane, although I do not have much of it, but from what I remember, they never used symbols. They were very secretive in their nature. To say such things aloud, to wear these strange symbols on their body, this sounds like more than simply the Cargat and the Cargatane. A disturbing bit of information, perhaps one that Van Richten can tell us more of when he is healed. So in your previous travels, you never came across uh, a golden crown with an eye underneath it? Shakes his head, no. This is not a symbol I have seen before, and I have seen many here. This is new. If it is knowledge we seek, then clearly Van Richten must have learned it from somewhere. Surely he has some kind of domicile here, perhaps a library of sorts. He runs an alchemy shop in the domain of Mordent. Dark on itself, though where he was born, was not where Van Richten preferred to spend his time. Hmm. I mean, if he's constantly trying to get murdered on the street, I don't blame him. <laughs> I think uh, our path lies ahead in a bog in a mine and uh lenara will nicely put the jar down on a shelf make sure it's very safe <laughs> heartfelt goodbye <laughs> blow it a little kiss for <laughs> matilda and uh she'll go over to the spirit board pick up the the planchette is that yeah, what it's called that's it i was doing some googling and uh she will go we will fix your dad oh that part you can just say aloud but I, it's nice to be included. <laughs> it's, uh, I like it though. It's like, I, sure, you speak English, but like if your first language French, it's a cur- it's a courtesy. Erasmus is like trying to respond. He's like, let go of the planchette. I can't move it. <laughs> this isn't how a Ouija board works. <laughs> that was supposed to be a moment between me and him, but I guess the party known now knows too. <laughs> <laughs> no, all we see is you struggling with the planchette, just like, hey, stop, this, stop. Go. this thing's possessed. <laughs> yes, very specifically, that's why we have it. <laughs> all right, so I suppose, what do we want to do first? Do we want to go to the bog first, or do we want to go to the mine first? I think Colin's mind, duh, was just blown. Erasmus was with... She, like, glances over to Van Richten again. He was with him. He's always with him, yes? He would have seen what caused Van Richten to get captured. Maybe he would have witnessed what Van Richten found. Did you see anything? What was he doing before he was sent to Dominia? And then she, like, puts her hands on the planchette and doesn't try to write the question. (laughs) (laughs) Linara. (laughs) Get out of my DMs. (laughs) What's the question you asked two or three Um, in there? What's the actual question? Um, did he witness what Van Richten found that could have caused this chain of events to begin? Like, um, or like, I guess if he doesn't know that, a follow-up would be, what happened to Van Richten to get him captured? Yeah, like, how did he get captured? Yeah. Uh, the planchette moves to the word no, I guess. And then, I mean, it takes a while for him to cycle through all the letters and tell this is a difficult thing for Erasmus to be doing. While she's doing this, she um, murmurs 
quietly. Yes or no questions, mostly. Sorry, Erasmus. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but after, you know, maybe five-ish minutes pass, he just writes the words he was just studying. And then the mists took him. Directly? Oh, no. He goes to yes. Sounds like he came out of nowhere. That's what happened to us, and... What happened to Lamon? Do the mists choose who they take? Are they alive? Are they sentient? <laughs> Lamon kind of like... Nods to the empty air in the room. He's like, I have this one, old friend. <laughs> this is a long answer. Rest. What was your childhood like, Erasmus? <laughs> Layman fields this one for you. Yes, in a sense, I suppose you could say that. They certainly have a purpose, an agenda. The mists are designed to contain great evils. They're designed to imprison these evils. There are many who say that the mists themselves, however, are controlled by dark powers. What the dark powers are, those details are even vaguer than details of the mists. Some say these dark powers are terribly evil entities. Others say there's a neutrality to these dark powers. Some even give names to them, like Ezra. She is said to be the Lady of the Mists, and looked to by her worshippers as a neutral entity whose sole desire is to keep the mists intact, so they remain as these prisons... He shrugs, says there is no true way to know the desires of the dark powers, or if they are even real. And above the table, like from a mechanics perspective, I think the easiest way to think of it is kind of like, the mists are always going to be really weird, <laughs> but the dark powers are, some people, you know, they put a name on it, like Ezra, that kind of thing. But mechanically, the dark powers are like the DM, essentially. The dark powers are, there's no limit to, and there's no real understanding. There's no, you can't really truly define on paper the dark powers. The great controller of all existence. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. essentially. Fair enough. Uh, but there's a lot of people here in the Domains of Dread who believe that among the dark powers is this Lady of the Mist. And another dark power, Jaz Tin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's just easier to let you guys kind of in on that because yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, you could try as hard as you want to, to define and understand the dark powers. You never really will because they're almost, how do you define that, right? It, it's like trying to see into the Matrix. Like, you, you, you'll never see the Matrix. Right. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, I guess there's a very, like, Lovecraftian essence to, to the dark powers. It's, it's like, so other, so, so much greater that we can't even conceive of it. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people put the name Ezra on, mm, on there. Mm. Slashra grumbles at the answer, <laughs> but nods knowingly. All of this talk about the mist, this is a lot, but when we were talking to Amelia... She mentioned that there were four people when you were traveling together with Van Richten. Yourself, Simon, him, and a woman. In your story, there was no woman. What happened to her? Who was she? And she, like, looks to Merlin and sort of, like, touches his shoulder. Unfortunately, I don't think it's the answer you want to hear, but he says her name was Claudia. Claudia Deschain. A friend of Van Richten's, he knew her much better than I. She traveled with us, but did not make it in the end. Van Richten has seen much loss throughout his travels. Claudia was one of many, but her name is not forgotten. Thank you. Okay, well, I mean... I think, I don't know about you guys, but between landing here, 
waking up, going to the flop house, which on the note of the flop house, has my alarm spell gone off? Nope, no one has been to Yawning Eddie's. So no one's been to Yawning Eddie's and has it been eight hours or longer? Because it only lasts. At last this point, I would imagine so. Yeah, at this point, we're, yeah. we're you know, eight, nine o'clock at night. Like it's time to put the pajamas on and mm-hmm. wrap story time up and go to bed kind of thing. So out of the entire day, no one went into Yawning Eddie's because I didn't get a little mental alarm. So if we need a place to run or need a place to hide, if this place is not available, Yawning Eddie's doesn't seemingly see any traffic. So I feel like getting up tomorrow morning, we should probably track down some diamond dust, I think is probably our thing at the top of the list. Seems like it's the next logical step anyway. And keep an eye out for Spuma Vitae on our way. For Surely sure. there is some kind of apothecary that we can visit that may have some available. So maybe you can find some in the merchant district, but good luck. A lot of people think it's kind of taboo because of the whole, you know, you might turn into a <laughs> shambling mound thing. So most vendors stay away from it. It's, an, you know, insurance risk. <laughs> well, would you happen to know where we could find it out in the wilds, where the closest place would it's really be? really any stagnant water. I see. Lambin kind of pipes up. He says, there are a few bogs and swamps behind the farms along the raining road that lead south. Also, there are larger lakes by Rivulis that are known to have this algae. Rivulis is perhaps further than we should travel for now. Uh, double check, I think Rivulis is about 60 miles south of you guys. Oof, dang. That's a trek. Actually, yeah, that's something that we can also consider is, do we want to go to Rivulis and just get it straight from the source? There's a diamond mine there. We can get the Spuma Vitae there. We can get everything we need there. Is the diamond mine in Rivulis or just on the way? Or just in the mountains? It's, it's in the mountains by Rivulis, I believe. The diamond mine is much closer. It is perhaps 15 miles to the south where the shroud is said to have cut off the main road. Both the mine and Rivulis are, they're in the same direction. They're both south. Rivulis is just considerably further. Perhaps we go to the mine because we have a for sure destination and serendipity. We can find some bogs on the way. And if not, we just take a little detour on the way back. So I say we head, that sounds like what we're going to do tomorrow then is head south bright and early and collect those materials. New costumes, new haircuts. Maybe we'll take a quick jaunt through the merchant district on the way out and acquire some basic supplies. That's it. A pickaxe, perhaps. Maybe even more buckets. (gasps) I wonder what he'll have tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's all we have for you, Amelia, and good to see you here, Dad. I'm so happy you're here. (laughs) I love you so much. Like, uh, just, it it feels good to actually genuinely feel safe for the first time being here. But I think all of us are pretty much exhausted. So I think we've got to get up bright and early and we've got a long day ahead of us. If you start crying because you saw your dad, I'm totally bottling up those tears. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite, not quite. We'll get there. We'll have to just push him next time something charged happens. There we go. Our soft boy. I say an elven. (laughs) (laughs) so it sounds like it's time to put your heads down for the night you know what maybe we should end this should we end this on the old d100 roll let's end it on the old oh no i cast mage armor before bed (laughs) (laughs) cast mage armor before bed give me that d100 all right, here Lamb, we go. And your dad's like teasing you about the old stories. So, like, do you remember the old stories about the bagman's son? <laughs> How you thought he was real? All right, we'll roll to see what happens. As dear old dad teases me, and is that the ten? Okay, it's a ten. Oh, jeez. You love the bag of holding. <laughs> <laughs> you love the bagman. <laughs> Uh, that's a shame. I guess no Bagman tonight, but nope. your dad does enjoy reminiscing about the good old days for a few minutes and teasing his son about this Bagman story. 
Amelia Wigglebrick is going to get her wardrobe together, and I guess we're going to have ourselves a little fashion show next week. Guys, <laughs> you excited? Yes. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to see what kind of looks this bunch goes with. Slash calls out to Amelia. Make sure that Lustra has extremely warm slippers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye.